that time again, folks. Time for another episode of The Lightning Rod. The show that never gets away with embellishment, ever. <laughs> I am Johnny Pipes. I'm Gannon, and Igor just won himself an Oscar. Oh my God, the uh, the 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 stick toss was was epic. <laughs> I mean, you'd have thought someone shot him like an old school noir movie from the 1940s. You know, the way that stick went flying behind him. That was amazing. Looked uh, like he got hit with a 50 cal. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> like, somebody get the number on that train. Uh, <laughs> well, like uh, like we said, you're listening to The Lightning Rod. It is your uh, weekly-ish wrap-up show of all things Tampa Bay Lightning. I am Johnny Pipes. That is Gannon. And uh, you can reach out and talk to us on this show if you'd like. Leave us a voicemail at 727 416 0613. Uh, you can hit us up by email. We'll read it on the show if you'd like. The lightning rod one at protonmail.com. That's the number one. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at lightning rod pod. They are the same now. Uh, we're lining everything up. So those are all the ways you can talk to us. And um, I will start out by saying, hey, uh, happy 25th episode, buddy. Hey, wow. We made it to a quarter uh, century. Yeah. Our insurance is finally going down. <laughs> so we, we've, we've hit that point. So, uh, yeah, we've made it 25 episodes and, um, uh, thankfully we can do this 25th one on a, on a high note because, uh, your Tampa Bay lightning are still alive. Um, they did make a series out of this. The series is still a real series. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, uh, or, well, I should say it's, it's a standard series now. It's, it's not the, uh, the series doesn't start until someone loses at home because no one's lost at home yet. So it, let's just say we're holding serve as, yeah, they, as like, they would say in tennis. I was, I was getting a little nervous. Like I wasn't quite worried just yet, but at the very least I wanted to see a series like yeah, of course, I'm not okay with losing, but not not in like a sweep or five games. And, you know, it's still a possibility of, of five. But, again, as long as it's an entertaining series, I think I'll be happy-ish. Well, I might say that uh, we finally did get our legs back. It only took, what, uh, six, uh, eight, eight periods. <laughs> it took eight periods to get the legs back, but they do certainly appear to have their legs back as of the third period in the last game. What do you think? I'd say six periods. I thought they played really well throughout the entire game. You know, it did get a little hairy there in the second, but it was mainly just because of a, you know, a, a terrific sell job, if I can even call it that, and just, just bad penalties. But I thought, you know, throughout the entire course of game three, they played they played really well, much much better than than game two. Don't even don't even get me start, get me started. We didn't cover game two, did we? No, we didn't. Uh, you let's let's talk about that before we uh, can get into the yeah. happiness. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the piss poor uh, effort in game two? Which actually, uh, if you look at the score, um, was not really that bad. They made an effort towards the end, but uh, it definitely didn't look at all during the game as if they were there. Yeah, if, if you look at the actual box score of it, I mean, <laughs> it, it lies to you pretty good. So we outshot them, outhit them, we won more faceoffs, um, we blocked more shots. Like it was, 
everything would lean towards, yeah, the Lightning, they played a good game, but just came up short. But if you actually watch the game, it had to have been probably one of the worst games I have seen them play in the last three years. Like, maybe rivaling a game in Columbus. Like, that. that's just how piss poor it was. I've never been so displeased with a team, with this team in the playoffs in quite some time. Like, it, it rivaled to me game one of, not Toronto, but the Islanders series last year and just on how upset that game made me on how poorly everybody on the team was playing yeah it wasn't pretty i was very disappointed uh especially being you know the lightning having the pedigree of of coming back after losses of bouncing back efficiently and 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 overpoweringly usually usually and the streak is snapped yeah it's snapped but you know i think you'll exchange that for a third cup (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. I'm pretty sure <laughs> everybody care. would exchange that for a third cup. So that's, that's like a, that's one of, that's one of those streaks where it's like, Oh, that's cool. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something for ESPN to talk about a little bit before a game. And then like, that's, that's really all. Um, yeah, it was eight, 18 and Oh, now 18 and one, but yeah. you know, it's still 18 and Oh is something that's, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty damn good. All Hell streaks no. have to come to an end at some point. You know, speaking of streaks, uh, we've now gone uh, zero episodes without you banging on the mic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we we always have to put the one up and then the zero right after. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, they, they, the the block party has not come back, which is something I think that's pretty glaring. Uh, they only had 17 blocks in game in uh, game two, um, which isn't really that many, I don't think. Nick Paul with the leader with six. He had six on his own. 17, and Nick Paul had six of them. <laughs> Holy hell. Okay, so this this gets me into who I thought wasn't hot garbage the entire game. And about midway through the game, you know, late in the second period, I was saying to myself, everybody just looks terrible. Nobody looked good or even average except Nick Paul. And I said this to myself before he scored the goal. He was the only one that he was killing penalties really well. He was the only one even like creating the tiniest bit of offense. He he was comfortable with the puck on his stick. He was the only one that looked like he knew what he wanted to do. And it was, you know, just, just be, be a menace, be a force. And it wasn't even one of his best games, not by a long shot, not even his top 20 best games with the Lightning so far. And he was the only one that I would give a, a C or above to. And again, that was before the goal. He ended up, you know, finishing off and making making the game uh, tighter than it really should have been. But again, the only one. And you know what? I'm even omitting Vasilevsky from this conversation. He did kind of keep us in the game. But even still, I don't think he had his best game by a long shot at all either. Yeah, looking at... Uh... At the, at the data here, he had 19 minutes on ice, uh, one goal. He had the late goal, which brought us to within one. He's playing. I mean, he, he's playing as you would expect a guy who wants to get paid next year to play. Oh yeah, and I I really hope that it's this team. I'm not like I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but dear Lord, please sign this man. Please sign him. Poor uh, poor Snammer with a with a minus two on the day. <laughs> I think Oof. Ryan McDonough, I think what before yesterday was, uh, was minus three on the, on the series so far. And he's like our, yeah. one of like our best defense defenseman. Yeah. He hasn't looked very good against his, uh, against his former club. I think game three, game three, he actually played really, really well, but game one and two, he was, um, not that he was awful. He's not by, by a long shot. He was not the worst defenseman, but he did not look like his usual self, especially in the playoffs. Vassy, uh, 
In game two, he stopped 25 of 28 shots. 28 is not a ton. Uh, 893 sh- uh, save percentage. Um, so not not quite Vassy-like. And, and I, again, I mean, this just goes back to, you know, beating the dead horse, but nine days is a long time, and it's especially mm-hmm. long on a goalie. Uh, it's It can be long for everyone else on the team, but it's it's especially long on a goalie. That's oh, why yeah. they say, you know, when 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 uh, you you bring in a guy that's fresh, uh, the what are the, what are the, what are the com- commentators always say like, oh, you, you got to feel the puck like right away, you got to get a you got to get a shot in, and you got to save it so you can get what that puck feels like so you can get into that rhythm. So mm-hmm. not you know you you can't get that in game in, in game speed just in practice like it just doesn't work. I, I don't know if you want to bring him out to like a uh, a beer league game or like a high school game or something and just driving range. Yeah. Just bring them in there and like, Hey, play against these kids for a while. <laughs> Maybe that would work. You, you know, the equivalent of like a bun warmer or something on a grill. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, it wasn't, it was not a fun game. They did make it interesting, at least towards the end um, getting within one. Uh, they did lose three to two. Um, but at least they were a little bit of flashes of something with like the minuscule seconds left in the game. The game was actually very fast. It only went two hours and 27 seconds. Uh, it was death by a thousand cuts to me. I, I, it well, was there were painful. only five penalties in the entire game, mm-hmm. um, four of which were on us. So That, again, you, you know me. I, I do not complain about the refs a whole lot, and I've got a lot more to say about game three. But you can tell who the edge is going to this entire series. I mean, if you thought that Toronto was the NHL's baby, New York trumps that by a long shot. And I'm not here to come, you know, uh, spew all my conspiracy theories. Ah, they're trying to get the Rangers to win, blah, 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 blah. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. But Lord have mercy, the Rangers, not that they got away. They got away with a lot of stuff. The the four to one calls. I've said this on the show before as well. That is a rare, rare situation where you have three less penalties or three or more less penalties than your opposing team. No, after pretty much every single game, the penalties will either be matched or between one and very rarely two away. So to have three when we know for damn sure that the Rangers got away with a lot of stuff, it, it, it makes you think a little bit. So yeah, the first the first penalty was two minutes and thirty one seconds into the game. That was New York's only one. Ryan Reeves for slashing, and then it went uh, Chernak for roughing, Stammer for slashing, Cal uh, Calfoot for roughing, and Victor Hetman for tripping, which was kind of a weak trip towards the end. It, it was a trip, but it was weak. It was weak. It was pretty weak, especially the way that the game was going. That was just a huge momentum killer. And it, it was unnecessary. Again, the Rangers, they got away with so much more, and that's what you're going to call? I'm sorry. All right. Well, enough about the shitty game. How about we talk about some good stuff? How about we talk about uh, coming back home and playing like the actual Lightning again? Mm-hmm. Uh, Can we talk about some shitty officiating in this game too? Oh, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's start from scratch. Okay, well uh, – there wasn't any scoring in the first period. Uh, it was good back and forth, but the Lightning definitely had a decent amount of control. They had a lot of puck time, a lot of zone time. Um, they looked significantly better than they had in the previous two games, even though nothing was going in. 
Uh, this game actually was a, a 12-6 game as well. We played 12 forwards and six defensemen versus the 11-7 of before. So we mm-hmm. uh, we brought in noted, noted Ranger killer uh, Riley Nash, <laughs> not even wearing the same number he had when he was playing for us earlier in the season because Nick Paul took his number. Oh, that's right. What so was he, 16? Now he's number 16. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of invisible but he didn't really i don't I mean, look i don't think he had much play time like i didn't no. think i didn't think he would like i didn't think he would save or i don't oh yeah he, he only he only had a five minutes and 29 seconds of ice time but in that five minutes and 29 seconds he did manage to um <laughs> he did manage to interfere with the goalie <laughs> <laughs> so two out of his five minutes and 29 so really seven minutes and 29 seconds two of which were spent in the box <laughs> yeah, I saw Kucherov. He he would double shift a couple of times with uh, with Pat Maroon and Belmar. Um, I thought Nash played well in the role that he was given. You know, he the, they took out Cal Foot, left Bogo in, but yeah, Ry- Riley Nash he, he played well. He didn't do anything great. He actually had a couple, I think one or two like half decent chances. And I'm saying this relatively for a fourth line guy with five minutes on ice. I thought he did well in the role that was provided for him. It was about time that Cooper uh, changed the lineup a little bit, you know, dropped the 11 and 7, went back to the standard 12 6. And yeah, certainly it paid off. But um, um, <laughs> again, you know, for, for the limited minutes that he did have, I thought he played rather well. But he did only take essentially every other shift, or else, you know, Cooper, he'd throw somebody else out there with Maroon and Belmar. Yeah, he, um, he was kind of invisible. Uh, he, I don't really have anything to say about him, but that's a good thing though. Exactly. The, the 11, seven thing works sometimes and it doesn't work. Sometimes you can't do it all the time. You know, you have to, you can't do it every game in the playoffs. You have to, you have to mix things up a little bit and I guess there's really nobody else they could call. So <laughs> he, he's the winner. I mean, who are they going to bring up? Does Mitchell Stevens even play for us anymore? No, he got traded for like, I'm pretty sure he got traded. I don't think he got. I don't think his deal was up, but he's on Detroit now. Well, there's also the uh, the the incredible uh, invisible Ale- Ale- uh, Alex Barre Boulet, dude. Okay, this poor guy. I'm surprised that he didn't play. Like I know he has not played since what the first 20 games of the season, like maybe game 16, but. I'm 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 kind of surprised still. Like you'd think that with Braden Point, a good top six guy going out, yeah, they tried the eleven and seven. It worked for a little bit, but we can see that it's not. But you're going to want somebody who can kind of flesh out your top six. You're going to want somebody who's, you know, pretty good at scoring. They can make some pretty nice plays, and that's Alex Barry Boulay. I guess you know they're they're just. I guess they don't like him, which is kind of weird. You know, I, I he's not perfect. He, He's definitely a a fringe player, but he's been effective somewhat when he's been in the lineup. Again, this is we're talking about you know eighty games ago at this point, but I I, I don't know. Right now is not necessarily the chance to be taking chances. It's not the good situation for it. So I guess Riley Nash is the smart decision. Again, it paid off, but I'm still surprised we have not seen him at all since we claimed him back on waivers. Maybe it's maybe it's like a big reveal at some point in time, like you know, Braden Point comes back, or somebody wearing Braden Point's jersey comes back at some point in time during the series, only to find out that it was Barre Boulet the whole time. You know, <laughs> some kind of Scooby Doo thing. Uh, well, the the big number that we put on the board for uh, 
for this game was just the absolute ridiculous number of shots. Mountain. Oh my goodness. It was, uh, where is it? It was like 50 to 30. 52 shots. 52 oh. shots on goal is how much how much Tampa put on. They, Phil, I didn't, I didn't listen to the game with Phil, but I would imagine he was probably ecstatic. Shoot, 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 shoot the puck. That's all they did. Shoot the puck. I watched, I watched Bucks Rays Bolts replay, and uh, I think twice in the ten minute video, he had Phil saying, "Shoot the puck." <laughs> okay, well, how many more times do you want him to shoot it? Because fifty two is quite a bit. If you if you stick handle, <laughs> if you make any move, you're doing something wrong. You get the puck, you shoot it. it shouldn't stay on your stick for more than two seconds. Uh, even if you're even if you're way back on the other end, just <laughs> just shoot it. Just, just clear shoot it. it. Just ice it. <laughs> get it on net. Uh, uh, it was just a, all around an infinitely more interesting game to watch. It was a lot more fun. Um, let's talk about the uh, the two goals because we did go down two nothing, which was very much disheartening. And I'm not going to lie when the when those two goals happened because it was seven minutes and nine minutes uh, into the second period. That's when I was like, uh, okay, maybe it's just going to be one of those series. You know, I guess they just really can't shake off that nine day rust. Um, the first one was Mika Zibanejad. They were both power plays. First mm-hmm. one was uh, Mika Zibanejad, and that was off of the um, the egregious uh, embellishment by uh, e- uh, actor Shesterkin. The gold medal uh, Olympic winning uh, dive. That was bad. That was bad. We already said it once, but we'll say it again. That was pretty bad. You know, he got his stick up high. Sure, fine. But the way that he – that reminded me of – of that was like an NBA level of flop. Like LeBron. I won't even think NBA guys – like Chris Paul, I don't even think he'd flop that bad. He <laughs> got tapped up like Corey Perry's right on him, and he got his stick uh, – like it looked maybe like it went right on his chest kind of around in that area – and Igor threw his... No, it got him in the mask, but it, it wasn't hard enough to make him throw the stick and, you know, get hit with the 50 cal. No, like, you know, it'd make you like, oh, maybe shake your head, you know, get get out of position for a second, but not absolutely flop like a flounder and throw your stick and hold your face and stay down for a couple of seconds. No chance. I get it. It's Corey Perry and Shesterkin, smart guy. He knew who it was. And obviously the benefit of the doubt is not going to be in Corey Perry's favor, but it's it's characteristic of Shisterkin. He flopped against uh, Pittsburgh. A lot of people were upset about it. It's uh, it's not a good reputation to have, especially like if you get a flopping reputation, refs will stop calling it. They will never give you the benefit of the doubt ever again. Didn't it happen earlier They're in this series seldom. too? One, um, I can't remember who it was in front of the net. I think it might have been Cooch that kind of went in and uh, might have poked him in the pad, and he went down face first and like sat there like he had been knocked unconscious. For like five, I, five, six seconds. It was earlier in this series. He did the, yeah, he did so the exact same thing. It was, it was game one. Because I, I saw uh, like a, someone. In, it's pretty bad when someone already has a collection of your flops in a YouTube video. Like all oh, put it's together. terrible. You know that's already pretty bad. Well, that that I led, forget who it is against, but yeah, that one wasn't as nearly as egregious as this one. I don't know if you watch it. If you watch it in slow motion, it looks. It's not as egregious, but it's it's up there pretty high. Because when he when he went down face first, it straight up looked like he was dead for a minute. It's like, wait, oh. are you watching it right now? <laughs> uh, no, I don't have it in front of me. I did watch it like an hour ago. 
Um, okay. It, but Shesterkin it, dive compilation. It was on a Twitter. Uh, it was on a, uh, I don't know whose Twitter feed had it, but it was on somebody's Twitter feed. Um, that led that, that flop that he had on Corey Perry was, uh, basically led immediately to the first goal of the game. Mika Zamanajad with his, uh, best Stamkos impression, um, on a one timer. It's already, uh, what, 10, 10 goals for the playoffs for him. That's crazy. Who, for, Mika? Yeah, for Zibanejad. Uh He's at nine, I believe. He's at 10. I got the little oh, is he? Okay. parentheses right next to his name here. It's number okay. 10. Check your sources. Check your sources. You're no longer allowed Thanks. to bring up numbers anymore. We've switched roles. Thanks, Bruno. Oh, shit. I'm not stack guy <laughs> anymore. Uh, well, yeah, it says Chris Kreider's got 10, too. And Chris Kreider had the second goal, which was also on a power play, which was two minutes later. Um, off of uh, Zabanajad and um, Artemi Panarin, or as they call him, the bread man, which is probably the stupidest nickname anybody has in the uh, in the NHL. Uh, both of Tortorella those, gave him that name. It, it, it is a stupid name. Because it's, it's a stupid like, name. Huh, Panarin, huh? Sounds kind of like Panera. Are you yeah, the bread man? That's ridiculous. Uh, come on. So like if any, School bus line's better than that. Yeah, like if, if, if I had an NHL player named uh, McDonald, would I call him Fries? Like, hey, what's up, Fries? Or how about, hey, you look like, you're like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the second power? So the 944, that was off of the, that was off of the Riley Nash uh, interference, which um, I didn't get a good enough look at to know whether or not. Uh, I, I know that he definitely ran in the goalie for sure, and they're going to call so that every time. After the Shesterkin flop, I was, so I was watching this game at work. Thanks for scheduling this at 3 o'clock NHL. I was at work, so I was busy in the back half of the second period. The last thing that I really got to catch was that Shesterkin flop. I saw we had a penalty coming up, so I go out, and I'm all flustered. I'm all pissed off, and my customers are trying to talk to me about the game. They're like, oh, what's the score? I'm like, I wouldn't know. Like, you know, I was just being so passive-aggressive towards them because, like, I get it. I'm working, but don't interrupt my lightning game. And, um... So they're coming to me with updates, you know, I'm like washing off the tractor or whatever. They're like, oh, it's it's one nothing now. Oh, great. Thanks, Corey Perry. Up oh, two nothing. Now I'm just getting mad. So I go back in and I see that it's two one. Um, so um unfortunately, yeah, I did get to miss most of the second period, but I came back with like two minutes left. Well, right after like a, a minute after the power play goal, we got on the power play, um, thanks to a Jacob Truba interference call, and uh, we got our first goal. Uh, Kucherov got his sixth of the playoffs um, from Hedman and Stamkos, a.k.a. the Holy Trinity. <laughs> that did uh, get us to a 2-1. Uh, that was the second period, the ugliest period that we played of the game. Um, the third period, uh, we started off with a bang a minute and 22 seconds in. Stammer, power play goal from Corey Perry and Kucherov. Uh, that tied the game up at two. And it stayed that way all the way until the end. And in the end, the hero of all heroes, Andre the Giant Palat, off of an absolute ridiculous pass from Nikita Kucherov that nobody else is going to be able to do. And he buries it with 41.6 seconds left to uh, basically seal it. Sweet Caroline. And uh, I just want to say, uh, I'm a diehard Lightning fan. We need to ditch that song. No, I hate that song so much. And not only do I hate it, but it's used in it's that's a red, in the arena. It's a Red Sox song. It's a what? Red, it's a Red Sox song. So 
It needs to not be used in Tampa. Stop it. It's a Red Sox it, song. That's Pilot what they chose that song. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Who? What? That's his goal song. That's what he wanted. Really? Yeah. Like they asked some of the players, you're like, hey, like, do you want a goal song? And I guess that was his. He must have just had gone to a, a Red Sox game or something. I actually didn't know that. I thought it had concert. something. I thought it had something to do with uh, Jeff Vinnick, to be honest. Because Jeff Vinnick. Yeah, because he's I think he's he's a minority owner of the Red Sox. So why what do you mean that it's a Red Sox song? I don't understand. It gets played at Red Sox every Red Sox game. It gets played. Oh, brother, it gets played at every sports game. It's I'm I'm not kidding you. It's like specifically a Red Sox song. Like the song is not about the Red Sox, but I'm fairly certain in terms of sports, the Red Sox were the ones that made it a tradition. No, they, they play it in like a lot of NHL games. I'll hear it a lot if I'm watching like other teams play. Do you know how long the Red Sox have been around? <laughs> well, like they're, they're an expansion franchise that came in with Seattle, right? Hold on. I'm, I'm going to check. The, the Kraken, uh, right? Yeah. They're brand new. I mean, they may they as just, well be. They just built Fenway. So, uh, yeah, for Red Sox fans, good times never seem so good as when Neil Diamond's recording of Sweet Caroline is belting out of the Fenway Park sound system just prior to the bottom of the eighth inning of every home game. The fans turn it into their own sing-along and manage to sound equally enthusiastic about whether the home team is winning or losing. So it started, okay, so this started in 1997 in uh, Fenway Park. So that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good amount of time. That's what I think. I think the Avs singing um, "All the Small Things" is better. Oh, that song sucks so so bad. That's, yeah, al- that's almost as bad as 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 Florida's Sweet Caroline. Uh, Jimmy Eat World. Well, Sweet Caroline is just a, it's a terrible song to begin with. If you're at a karaoke bar and someone starts singing it, you throw your bottle at the stage. Uh, Songs that get the white people going. Uh, like. <laughs> we had a tra- there, there was it. a there was a tradition and in, in uh, I used to listen to this cover guy in in, in Orlando uh, who, who used to do a radio show and then so I would go to the English bar that he was that he would just do cover songs in and anytime he'd play Sweet Caroline the the chorus that uh, instead of that that we always we, you know everyone would say this song sucks you know it, it it just it just stuck so now anytime I hear Sweet Caroline that's the first thing I think of is this song <laughs> sucks. Because it's a terrible, well, it's objectively a terrible song. Like as as subjective as music could be, I think it's universally accepted that Neil Young is god awful. Is it Neil Young? I thought it was Neil Diamond. Whatever, Neil Diamond, Neil Young. I get them mixed <laughs> up sometimes. They're they're both equally bad. Although some old Neil Young stuff is good, but there okay, is well, no good you, Neil Diamond stuff. If you want your Andre Pilat Con Smythe prediction to come true, you're going to have to suffer with a couple of more Sweet Carolines. Well, I didn't know that that was his pick, and I lost a little bit of respect for the man, to be honest. But speaking <laughs> oh, of that, well, after this, he'll be gone. So, speaking of that, hold on. Let's. You're going to make him leave. Let's take a trip back through time. All right. So here's one that I, I've been thinking about. You know, Andre Pilat, the he's been struggling. He's been struggling mightily to score. He has not had a goal since uh, January 11th, right? That's the last time that he scored a goal. Uh, You know, the media has already been making all the predictions about how Brandon Hagel is taking his place. He's essentially going to be gone this year. They've all but signed, sealed, and delivered it. So my prediction is that he's going to win the Conn Smythe. Andre Pilat wins the Conn Smythe. I I like that. I think Andre Pilat's going to win the Conn Smythe because we already know 
there's 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 a nugget of, of realism here because he already has had an incredible playoff performance before that came out of nowhere. And now we're back in the present, and you can already tell the difference between how Gannon sounded then and how he sounded now and how we've matured as a show <laughs> over the course of uh, the last 25 episodes. But yes, I did make that prediction a couple of months ago, and I'm sticking to my guns. You know, I'll be disappointed at the end, sure. But I'm sticking to it. We still got a whole did other series to go. Did I make a prediction for Con Smythe? Uh, you didn't make a prediction for Con Smythe. I think you went, your prediction was uh, that Hedman finished the season with 25 goals. You might have made one. Uh, and I think you gave it to probably point. I can't remember. I, I was kind of in a pinch Oof. and I just made that clip like real quick. So <laughs> I'll have to go back and, and listen to it again. That was the, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, either way. Yeah. So, uh, Andre, man, that, that shot had to be perfect and the shot was perfect. The pass was perfect. So you can't screw up a shot like that. And he buried mm -hmm. it. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, it, it, it was good. You could tell that the Lightning, they were doing the same thing that they did in Game 2 against Florida. They were, I mean, Florida was fighting for their lives. And the Lightning, they did not want to go to overtime. And I certainly didn't want to either. Yeah, they had all of the momentum in the last four four minutes. Once they once they killed that double minor off, they had, they had everything going for them. And I remember it was uh, Chernak, I believe. He had a really good keep. Like he had a shot, came back to him, had a good keep. It almost escaped the blue line. Gets it over to who was it? Headman to Cooch to Palat. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just relentless pressure. And again, you know, it was, it was kind of a dagger. It, it wasn't nearly as heartbreaking as that uh, Ross Colton goal uh, in Florida, but uh, it, it was you know reminiscent of it. Just you know, you could tell that that was that was the game winning goal. That could that just should have been the overtime goal. So. Um, I was definitely happy because I didn't feel like waiting around and, you know, seeing like, oh, are we going to lose in overtime, blah, 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 blah. So, um, again, just a great, perfect shot. He had it right under the glove and above the pad. He had it exactly where he wanted it. And uh, for Andre Palat, he is ranked fourth or fifth. I'm sorry, I don't have the stat in front of me. But uh, among active players, the most game-winning playoff goals. He's, uh, yeah, he's like tied for fourth or fifth, something like that. Well, he just he just took the lead for Tampa for the franchise in uh, game-winning playoff goals. That's and crazy. That's number 10, passing uh, his former triplet linemate, Tyler Johnson, who immediately contacted him after the game and said, hey, man, you're my hero. So huh. like he said, he was basically in tears when he saw that happen, which makes me happy because I'm a massive Tyler Johnson fan. So yeah, he is now uh number 10. He's uh, as, uh, as Stammer would call him, Mr. Reliable. <laughs> and as, hey, as Pat Maroon said, I'll call Pilat a star in my eyes. Oh dude, he is. I'm going to be devastated if he does leave. Like I know he's getting a little older, but man, he has defied every single odd in his career. I know everybody loves to say, and, and Sean McDonough, you know, he, I think it was Sean McDonough, or it could have been the, the Sportsnet broadcaster. When he scored, they said, the seventh round draft, no, it was Ray Ferraro, said, the seventh round draft pick. Like, buddy, he has shed that title so long ago. Like, can we give him some more credit instead of just being the seventh round draft pick from 2011? Like, he is 
one of the best playoff performers in Bolt's history, honestly. And he's still just so criminally underrated around the league. And I get he had that 26-game scoring slump this year as well. But put some respect on Andre's name. He has been nothing short of just reliable. He had a little bit of injury problems a couple years back. But ever since then, you know, again, he's just been, he's been a workhorse. He's been able to get it done. And he comes up when, like, when we need him the most. He is just unbelievably clutch, and that's going to be such a huge hole to fill again if he does leave. But I'm, I'm going to stay in the present right now, and let, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. So here's the list uh, for our team: Andre now leads with ten playoff game-winning goals. Tyler Johnson was at nine. Uh, Saint Louis was at eight. Uh, Brad Richards was seven. Braden Point was seven, and Kucherov was seven. And as for wow. active players that are ahead of him. Uh, only Pavelski with 14, Malkin with 13, Taze, uh, Jonathan Taze with 11, and Patrick Kane with 11. They're the only active players with more uh, postseason game winners. And all of them are about at least three to four years older than Palat, I want to say. I think the closest person to him is Kane and Taves, who have, yeah, they're older and they've made, you know, more playoff pushes. Actually, I don't know. Um, but still, yeah, like, Joe Pavelski's like 36 or 37. Like they're they're older players. So to just just to be on that list, like all of those players are elite. Joe Pavelski, Gino Malkin, uh Taze and Kane, those are that's some elite company. So that that is a that's a great stat. Here's some here's some lines, some some accolades from from teammates. Uh said so that's the stat of a player that elevates his game at the time the team needs him the most. It's not surprising to us to see him come up clutch in those moments. That was Stammer. Uh, Stammer also went on to say huge, huge moment for us for this series, for the momentum going into game four. Pally's a guy that no matter what situation, no matter the stage, he is Mr. Reliable. And then uh, Coop said he's been doing it in his entire career, and he's usually the third guy talked about on the lines he plays on. It's much deserved, and all his line mates would say the same thing. So, yeah, that is uh, that is my my guy. And I'm, I'm on the fence uh, about – like the next jersey I get was probably going to be a headman because I got my Vassy one. Uh, so headman was really the last core guy that I needed. Uh, I'm uh, I don't know. I might have to. I'd I wait. might have to look out the uh, the one eight. Mm, I I'd wait to see where he goes this off season. You don't want a jersey that's going to be immediately obsolete, even if it is like you know a, a memoir. I suppose like you you. No, I would ah. still wear it. I would still just like just like I'm still actively searching for a good used Tyler Johnson one. I don't care that he's on a team that I can't stand. He he right. you know, he was he was our guy for a long time. Like the best years of his career were wearing a lightning bolt. So that's that doesn't bother me at all if he went somewhere else. You know, like uh Wade Boggs, legendary Red Sox baseball player, played for the Yankees as well. He hit his he hit his five thousandth hit. Or three thousand. He had his three thousandth hit um, with the uh, with the, with the Rays, with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, back in like nineteen ninety eight. Wow. So, you you know these guys. It doesn't matter where they go. If you love them while they're on your team and they were on a team long enough. Now it's one thing if you get a guy that comes onto your team for a year, and they're a well known guy, and now you're buying his jersey and they only played for you for a year. That's a whole different story. But when a guy builds David a Savard. Career, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, <laughs> something, something like that. Or, or, or uh, you know, you got it right. You're right along those lines. It's one thing I to would get the jersey, but. If I had money to burn, though, I'd love a Blake Coleman lightning jersey. There you go. I'm a, I'm a Coleman fan. I'll, I'll, I was pulling for him on the flames for sure. Oh, hell yeah. 
And they keep showing the the ESPN commercials about the cup, like, oh, they just want it for home, and it's Coleman, you know, saying hi to his kid in the stands. And I'm like, getting mm-hmm. te- even though I've seen it now 8,000 times, it's still like, oh, Coleman. Oh. <laughs> I miss him. What was his What was his, What was was his? his nickname? Was it Coley? Did they call him? Pickles. They called him Pickles? Mm-hmm. So – I don't. Know, I don't know if anything beats uh, Hornquist's <laughs> horny. <It's> horny. <laughs> I didn't think they'd actually do that, but they do. <laughs> um. No. Well, he got the pickles nickname because he drank pickle juice between periods to help with cramps or whatever. You know, he got that with the uh, with the Devils. That's gross. <laughs> I know it works, but it's gross. <laughs> um. How about uh, Jacob Truba this game? He's a rough guy, he- isn't he? He so I'm I'm not sure if I said it, but I you know one thing that I wanted to note before the series is Jacob Truba. He's a menace. He he got Anthony Sorelli pretty good in game two. Uh, you know the, it it was all, most of his hits are pretty clean, but he is a menace. He will eat you alive. But this game, he was probably our first star. I mean, he was awful this game. Well, he had a hat no, trick. He, blocked, of, he had a hat trick of penalties. He blocked and dude, and that wasn't even it. He he got lucky on two others that I can recall, and maybe three. So when he took the tripping call against, I believe it was Alex Killorn. I could be wrong, um, but it was on. Yeah, it was Alex Killorn. It was shorthanded. It was during the four on four, and he almost had a little bit of a breakaway. Gets tripped up and tries to get the puck to Belmar, and it just kind of fumbled off his stick. But Jacob Truba. After he took that penalty, um, he goes and elbows Pierre Edward Belmar in the head. Yeah, Belmar was down for for a good bit. No call. Yeah. Earlier in the game, he it was I believe it may have been shorthanded again, but it was Nick Paul doing Nick Paul things, just ragging the puck. You know, ultimate possession guy right there. Um, you know, right up by the uh, the Rangers net, and he goes over towards the boards, and he still got the puck and. Truba just absolutely dumps him like not a hit but he hooked the hell out of him he held him and then I don't think he tripped him but he definitely knocked him down just clear like infraction at at every extent got away with that one and at the end of the second period is maybe like you know uh, under a minute left uh Stamkos I'm not sure if it was Jacob Truba I think it was Keandre Miller I could be wrong but Stamkos he got dumped clear interference no call again so this is where I'm going back to these refs were awful and I don't I think the Lightning they got away with a couple of things but the things that the Lightning got away with and the things that the Rangers got away with do not match up the Rangers got away with an elbow to the head with a clear interference with the word neither player were near the puck and a hold and embellishment that they got missed. Uh, thanks Igor. It, it does not compare. I am again, I'm not normally one to blame the refs. And, you know, again, I, we, we came out victorious. I've really got no reason to be bitching right now, but it's bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. I cannot believe that game was refed that way. And there are Rangers fans still trying to say, they gave that game to Tampa. You could not be farther from the truth. If they actually watched the game, if they weren't so, like, if they maybe had watched the league since 2014, but we all know that they like to crawl, you know, crawl back when their team's doing good. Like, oh, maybe I'll fucking buy a Fox jersey. Oh, God, it's annoying. They really think that the refs gave them this game, they gave Tampa this game, 
bullshit. If, if they called the rule book like they have been doing before the before this series, if they called the rule book, we we probably would have had at least like three more power plays, at least three more power plays. We could have maybe had an extra penalty uh, against us, but at least three more power plays for the Lightning. I'm sorry. That's my rant. I'm done. I got to tell you, this to me is the referee's fault. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> All right. I don't really have anything to add to that. <laughs> because yeah, there's nothing really to add. I mean, it, it, it was BS. I'm, I just, I'm, I'll I'm go sure. back to like the, the to it always being an, an original six thing. It, it just, is. It's just the convenience that it just always is like an, an original, an original six, an original six team thing. Uh, I mean, it is no secret who who Gary Bettman, and again, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, Bettman wants this team to win, so he's going to make them win. He would hate if the Lightning won a third cup. Yeah, it'd be cool. First team to three-peat, who cares? It's not, it's not one of my snowy cities. I do not care. It's not one of my original six teams. I do not care. A lot of Canadians think that he's against them. That would be the best thing for the league it, to happen in, in years. I, I believe I ranted about this not long ago, but man, he would love for an original six team to win, especially the team that has the uh, highest value, according to Forbes, over a billion dollar franchise in the New York Rangers. Who is Gary Bettman's childhood team? Is, is there any correlation? Yes. Is, is, you know, it, it could be possible, but were they? They were, oh, they were his team? I believe so. I believe he was a New York guy. Huh. I could be wrong. NHL headquarters is in New York. Um, I mean, everything lines up. And again, you know, you're going to want your most valuable franchise with one of your largest fan bases to win the cup. It's again, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist in in the hockey world, but it's a little shady. It's a little shady. All right, it's a little shady. We'll we'll, we'll roll with that. I'll uh, I'll I'll take your word for that. I mean, I certainly. Love to have excuses to bitch about the refs and, and rigging things, and it's always a conspiracy. That's what makes oh, sport, yeah, that's what makes sports fun. At least not so blatantly obvious. Again, the missed <laughs> elbow to the head. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either them or Vegas, right? Either either uh, an original six team or a Vegas. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. actually so this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm actually surprised Seattle didn't get the first or second overall pick this year. I think they're in like. Their fourth or fifth or something. I'm surprised they didn't hand them Shane Wright. It was it was Montreal that got it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their first overall. Then New Jersey again, and Coyotes. So that's that's your top three. Well, and also that uh, you know we got to remember too that New York is playing with back to back number one overall picks. No, one and two. Wasn't uh, Kako one? He was two. Okay, so Kaka was two, and Lafreniere was was one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to back top two picks. Back to back busts. Uh, yeah, maybe. I just think Capo Kako's got the funniest name in the NHL. Like, I I like uh, Lafreniere's game. I think he's good, and I think he'll develop into a player. But Capo Kako hasn't done shit in his three years in New York. Hasn't done a damn thing. I don't I mean, mean to make he, fun of like Finnish people's names. I don't because we have hilarious names in America too. They generally come from other countries, but I, I'm just thinking of like, if, if I'm in New York, you know, I'm just trying to meet a girl at a bar. Like, Hey, what's your name? Capo Capo. He's <laughs> like, uh, reminds me of, of the old Ed Sullivan show where he had the, the, the puppet 
mouse that was Popo Gijo. So that's you're, that's what he reminds me of. But he's a much really better player. Yourself there. <laughs> I'm not that old, but I do remember Ed <laughs> Sullivan. I mean, I I have a culture like of of liking things that are very very old, even though I'm not the oldest person mm-hmm. in the world. Like I I've, I've been told numerous times that I was born in the wrong decade because I watched so much stuff from the 70s. Even though the Ed Sullivan reference I'm making is from like the 50s, <laughs> but that's well, what it reminds like- me of. I like, uh, I think Finnish, Finnish names, they are funny, like Miko Koskinen, Miko Rantanen. They've, they've got a lot of um, alliteration to them. Aho, Sebastian Aho is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You run out of things to talk about this game. We're happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're on, a, we're on a good note. Everything is going to plan, though. Like I said, Bolts and Six, and I, I didn't think we were going to lose two in a row, but you have, you have to lose two to get – to, to win in six games. And again, I think everything's going to plan. What I said after game two is, okay, Bolts are going to win the next four. It's going to be ugly. And the same thing, not the same thing, but New York, they were down 2 nothing to Carolina. They were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. I'm not saying that, you know, their, their, their karma is catching up to them, but that's kind of how I see the series is going to play out. Again, the Lightning, they, they, even as good of a game as they played in game three, it was not a perfect game. It was not as good of a game as we have seen them play so far in these playoffs. I still think that they have more to give. And I think the Rangers, they can't hardly play any better than they did in game game one and game two. So, again, my prediction is Bolts win the next three. So not not to count our chickens before they, they hatch here, um, but it's, it's looking uh, ever so apparent that the Avalanche are uh, about to avalanche over the Oilers. You can count count those chickens um here's hoping let's say your prediction comes true and we go six games and and, uh and move on to the cup that we kind of encounter a very similar situation with uh colorado because if they finish tonight which is the sixth the stanley cup playoffs or the stanley cup finals are not starting until the 18th oh so that is 12 days so we just went nine without playing they win tonight. They go twelve without playing. Imagine that. Worst case, though. Well, or well, no, it's actually the thirty thirty concrete. So. Yeah, it that's in stone. It's the eighteenth now. It starts Saturday the eighteenth, so a week mm-hmm. a week from this Saturday. So if, and if if Colorado wins tonight, you think they almost would want a sandbag tonight <laughs> after seeing what happened to the Lightning in the first two games after a nine day layoff? They might be like, eh, we'll let the Oilers take this one. What do you think? I disagree mainly because Evander Kane, he's suspended for this game. I don't know if you saw his cross check on Nazem Kadri. No, I have not Did watched you? that series. It was uh it was brutal. He uh Evander Kane noted uh gambler. Uh <laughs> he it, it was a cross check into the boards. It was brutal and Kadri, he's been ruled out for the rest of the series, possibly the rest of the playoffs. Um and you know, you you, you never want to wish somebody's injury but if there's somebody you want injured you and you're going to possibly play them you're going to want a good player to be out uh like you know i'm sure new york was salivating hearing that brain points not going to come back um it, it's just you know part of being a hockey fan you don't wish for any injuries but you're like i'm okay with that one because i'm going to be playing them um but yeah, so Evander Kane, he's out tonight. I, I gotta feel that they're gonna get swept. It, it wouldn't be an Edmonton series if they don't get swept. 
All right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And Colorado, they're they're too good. Like I, they they've found a really good way to neutralize McDavid. Kale McCarr, he's looking really good. Uh, he he's playing very very well against McDavid. And one thing again that I kind of don't want to gloss over is a lot of people they're kind of complaining about Sorelli, Hagel, and Killorn, but. Game three, uh, sorry to bring it back to that, but game three, they shut New York's top line down. Yeah, they got their two goals on the power play, but that's a power play. Even strength, they had nothing going on. And I think that line is really finally kind of emulating that third line from the last two years where they're, you know, shut down. They haven't, you know, scored the same that that third line did the last two years, but they've been able to shut teams down. And if they can continue that, they're in good hands. Sorelli is, is year in and year out, arguably like our most unsung best player. Defensively. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's not doing the, the, the offensive stuff that he did when he first got here, where he was fighting guys off on breakaways and stuff and scoring mm-hmm. ridiculous goals. He leaves that to Braden point now, but the, you know, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for the fact that you could basically rename the Selkie trophy into the Bergeron trophy, I think he probably would have won it. Maybe so not this year, but Sel- before. The Selkie voting did come out, and Sorelli placed fifth. I, f- I figured he'd be higher than that. No, considering the year that he had offensively, like uh, like offensive numbers definitely do count into that. But if Sorelli could win a couple more faceoffs, like if it, if he worked on his faceoffs, yeah, he'd he'd probably you know crack that you know four or top three mark. But it went. Bergeron, he won it. Elias Lindholm on Calgary, and then Alex Barkov on Florida. I forget who number four was, but yes, yeah, Sorelli, he was number five. That was crazy. I, you know, I, I thought that was. It's neat that he gets, you know, uh, recognition for being just a really, really great defensive forward. Well, here's hoping he has a better year next year offensively, then, because I would like to see him get a little recognition. I think he's uh, he's pretty amazing. But a lot, of, I think mm-hmm. a, a, um, a lot of guys on our team could probably do with a little bit of uh, face-off practice and and uh, when oh, i say yeah. a, a, a few guys what i mean is anybody wearing a lightning bolt sweater should probably do some face-off uh, uh practice uh sign we'll bergeron leave, we'll just leave it at that uh you got any final words here before we uh, send you off to your your celebration of of uh of birth for for, uh, for old man gannon <laughs> no no um Again, Bolts get the next three. We're going to win in six. Do not worry quite just yet. We're in good hands. Um, no, I think, I, I think I've think uh, i ranted enough today, especially about Truba and the refs. All right, fair enough. We will round this bad boy up to an hour and say that if you want to give us a call and, uh, and uh, give us your bold predictions, please do so, 727-416-0613. Uh, you can... Email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one. And you can hit us up on Twitter and on Instagram at lightningrodpod. For Gannon, I am Johnny Pipes, and we will catch you in a few days uh, for another victorious edition of The Lightning Rod. Peace. Peace.